Let's do this. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, welcome back. Are to you recording? I've started recording, yeah. Oh. You did this last time where you, you didn't realise I'd started recording, but that's what I do. You don't say it. I don't say it. Welcome back to another episode of What's in Your Shed. And this is the mixtape part five. I had to look in my notebook to figure out which number it was because the first episode I didn't call mixtape one I called it Nick Cave Idiot Prayer Alone at Alexandra Palace I know it's a bit of a mouthful but that's when I introduced the podcast season was that the only song you did on it? it was the album but you're quite right it is a song Idiot Prayer is a song but Nick did Cave did you start making the mixtape on that? I didn't, I didn't, but it confuses oh. me every time because I'm on episode six, but this is part five. Because Nick Cave was an anomaly. Exactly. And, and that's what Nick Cave, is Nick Cave an anomaly? An anomaly is an outlier, isn't it? It's someone who does stuff that's different. That bucks the trend. Something that deviates from the standard or normal or expected. Yeah. So there you go. Nick Cave started this, but it's caused mass confusion every time <laughs> I start global, an episode. <laughs> global confusion. Global pandemonium. Because I can never work it out. But luckily I've written it down. And I'm so happy to be back talking about this mixtape that is developing really well. I'm actually on track number... 17. I've written them all down wow. on the inside sleeve of this cassette tape and you can see the last track I did for episode making a mixtape part 4 which was episode 5 <laughs> here we go again was Hedonism by Skunk and Nancy that was nice just because you feel good doesn't make it right no. Oh no. And that song was about the whole thing about being famous and feeling great and reflecting on that and realizing that perhaps it could be quite dangerous in a way and heady and you need to stop and look around and realize what's going on. Mm. Lovely song, lovely band and the vocals are just beautiful and like I said last time, bring me right back to some point in the 90s when that came out. I think it was 1998. Anyway, that was track number 16. We'll go into track number 17 now. And I've got my whole setup here. The table has got the tape deck CD player combo. And I saw another boombox today in a charity shop. And I was really tempted to buy it. It was a Philips brand. And this is a Sony and Philips is really good, I believe. It's a brand that has been around for years and years. And actually, this cassette, blank cassette I'm using, is a Philips. And I noticed in hospitals, they use loads of Philips medical yeah. equipment. 
Yeah, for in the scanners, scanners, Philips. Yeah, and I I, I thought about buying it. It was only six pounds. You said no, and actually, I looked at the side of the machine, and it had a big crack on the side. Which I'm glad it did because it it really put me off it. Otherwise, I would have come home thinking I should have got that. I'm going to put the tape in on side B. We've we've got about fifty fifty on either side of the reel of tape. So I think I might have enough for the four tracks tonight. We will see what happens. Otherwise, in my little bag of tricks down here, I've got another tape. There you go. Wrapped in cellophane, another TDK FE90, 90 minutes. So we might have to break into that one. But I'll put the tape in the cassette. Listen to that. You don't hear that sound ever, do you? No. It's very special. Okay, so the first track I'm going to do tonight is from a band called Idols. And the timing is great because... I went and saw Idols at the O2 Academy in Oxford. That clicking sound is the sound of the CD coming out of the plastic tray inside the cardboard cover. It's so annoying, and I say this every time, is you get a cardboard cover, which is lovely, but then why do you need a plastic tray inside there? There's no need. You could easily... Like a mini vinyl yeah. yeah and allow that to slide into a sleeve and it doesn't damage the cd in any way i still love idols it's not their fault the record label got someone to do it but look at this cd cover it's got their signatures all on the front and the cover is great it's a big pink balloon it looks like an airbag they actually signed it or yeah that's the design no they've actually signed this the design is a big pink airbag-like balloon smacking someone in the face. And it's a realist photo, a realist drawing. Is that when it looks like a photograph? And this particular one I got from HMV online. And when the album was released in September 2020, right in the middle of the COVID pandemic, they offered some signed copies for the exact same price and I thought I may as well get that and I'm so glad I did and they've each of the band members there's one two three five of them they've all signed it so you've got Joe Talbot on vocals Mark Bowen on guitar Lee Kernan on guitar Adam Devonshire on bass John Beavis on drums so it's a five piece it's quite a full sound there's a lot going on and Yeah, Salvador and I went and saw Idols on Wednesday night, I think it was, at the O2 Academy. One of the first gigs since COVID where you were allowed to go, but you had to have proof of a negative COVID test through the National Health Service. It all had to be officially done. Or you had to have proof that you had two vaccines. And it all took a bit of work and... Did they actually check on your way in? Yeah, they checked it and there was two people in front of us that one of the people, (laughs) one of the people in front of us showed a card and you get a card when you have your vaccination and they write on the card what type. And that's not enough because an email was sent saying you need to apply through the National Health Service and get the official certificate. 
and these poor people were turned away. Oh, man. That's gutting, isn't it? Because he had the card. I saw it. They're showing the card. But it could have been anyone's card. Yeah. And that's what happened. However, this gig was so exciting for us because I haven't seen a live band in so long and it was so lovely to see them in our hometown of Oxford and it was actually scheduled for December 19, uh, two, I was going to say 1990, 2020. I, I've lost all track of time because of coronavirus so I've, I've kind of lost a year and a half but this was scheduled for December 2020 I think and obviously because of what was going on it was cancelled and then rescheduled for August 2021 and the way the tickets worked was that you bought a ticket through Truck Store which is the record store in Oxford on Cowley Road and you also got a CD with it so it was £20 for the ticket and the CD so because I bought two tickets, I got two CDs, one for sale, one for nice. me. But then I went and bought the signed copy extra. So I've actually got two copies for myself and Sal's got one. You should run a competition and make it into a prize. Yes, a giveaway. Do a giveaway. I feel like doing it right now, but it's going to require a bit of planning. I can't suddenly launch into a giveaway. No. Well, I could. First person to email shed treasures at no, not not shed treasures. That's my Instagram account. Shedchat at gmail dot com. First email I receive with. So do you have to do anything? You don't have to do anything. You, do you have to write a poem. No, you simply email me and tell me why you would like the CD. Is there a closing date? The closing date is never. It's the first one. The first one that I get. What if they say, I'd like the CD because I'd like the CD, and then someone else who's the second person gives a really lovely reason? Obviously, that's something. Oh, so then I'm going to sit there and have to judge them? Yeah, are you judging? No. I'm going to say the first person. The first bird catches the worm. Early bird catches the worm. Joe, could I ask, would you mind muting the telly? Because I'm worried it's going to get some feedback onto the tape. It's done. Thank you. Yeah, let's just say the first person to email saying, uh, Idols competition, thank you, please, or whatever. And let me know your address and I'll, I'll send it to you. Postage yes. paid. Done. I've got to, I've got to try to find it. But it's, it's there somewhere. It's there somewhere in the ship. A great and, prize. And I will send it. And if best competition ever. Yeah. How good is that? Thank you, Joe. That's a really What's great idea. What's the email address? I'll email you it, No, <laughs> you can't have it. The email address once again is shedchat at gmail dot com. I haven't looked at that email account in ages oh. because I forgot the password and it's not linked up to my phone. But that's given me an incentive to. Sort you that out. Look, you might actually have something in the mailbox. Yeah, maybe. Oh, okay. But I am going to send it to whoever, and I don't mind international postage. It's going to cost me a few pounds, but that's fine. I'll open this Blue Moon Belgian White. Do you know I drank Blue Moon in America?
America mm. in a place called Pocatello in Idaho in a bar called Hooligans and it's a really popular beer in the United States and you have it with a big chunky slice of orange in it and does it, does it add something? I think it's really good if you have an orange slice in it mm. and what I notice about bars in Idaho I haven't been to many others or maybe I've been to a few in Nevada but they'll have a big popcorn machine at the end of the bar and you can scoop out your own popcorn put them in a bowl do you remember those bowls that were made like wooden bowls but it looked like sections almost like a, a strip of papyrus or something like pasted do you know what I mean mm -mm. you could you could see it wasn't carved wood but oh difficult to describe anyway nice bowl of popcorn with your Belgian Belgian white blue moon it was delicious. Anyway, that's what I've just opened now. But let's get on with this track. It's from the album called Ultra Mono. And it was released in September 2020. And the track I'm going to play is called Anxiety. And it was included in the gig on Wednesday. Oh. And it was, it was fantastic. The lead singer, Joe, was so appreciative of being back. And he said that he's so grateful for people like us, for buying their music, for supporting them through this difficult time because some bands weren't able to continue because of the situation and they have been able to continue through a period of actually doing not very much. And it was all about love and all about hope and he did say that to the audience even though their music sounds quite angry and cross and loud and heavy it was still all about the people and about love and enjoyment and fun and the lyrics to this song is all about anxiety I suppose about a breakup and anxiety related to the person that's left and is now dating someone else and this kind of worry and concern and then it led me to looking up what anxiety is and I'll start playing and recording because I think I need to do that otherwise we'll be here forever and I'm not sure if that's what people want um yeah guys I need to I need to uh, operate and cd and we'll skip to Oh, track, I'm going to check inside here. It is track number one, two, three, four. And when this song came up on the night, it was so exciting. And the atmosphere in the place was brilliant. There was a huge mosh pit area. People were like jumping up and down. Loads of sweaty, shirtless people kept coming out. What? Yep, and then going back in and having a ball. There was no aggression. There was... There was love all around. Everyone was so happy to be there. Were you sweaty and shirtless? No, it was so hot in there. But you know, sometimes when it's hot, you, you give in and you, you, you just get uncomfortable and you start sweating. Mm -hmm. But this particular night, I was able to control it. I even had a jacket on, my favorite Levi's jacket on. Nice. And I wasn't getting too hot. I was able to control my breathing and I felt okay, good. which was good. And I got a big 
pint glass of water with ice in because we were standing right next to the bar. We had the best spot in the whole place. Halfway through, so not in the front, in the middle. That's the point of halfway, not at the back. And I had a nice cold drink and Salvador also had a cold drink. I mean, we had a number of pints before, but it was really good to have that ice cold water, which cooled us down and it felt good. So track number four, Anxiety. Let's play on the CD and I will record. And so you're gonna hear, oh, I press eject, record. There, there you go. Can you hear that, it's heavy. Nice. <laughs> My girlfriend just on me. She, she went for a boy who was six foot three and now she hates me. basically saying he's acting a prick because it's just not working out. I've got anxiety. It has got the best of me. Guaranteed. You <laughs> Okay, there you go. I mean, I'm gonna let that play because it's got a record onto the tape. As I said, it was such a good gig. So happy to be back at a live event. And the guitarist, I think it might have been Mark Bowen. He's very animated and loads of fun. He often takes his shirt off, but this time his shirt got ripped because he stage dived. And he had this beautiful clear guitar. And at one point he pushed the guitar out in the crowd and the crowd were playing the guitar. That's the, the level of trust they had for that crowd. When it was clear, when it's clear, is it plastic? Yeah, it's like... Uh, see-through. Completely see-through. What is that material? It is a but type of like plastic. Resin. resin. type of resin. Wow. And I noticed on that Rolling Stones program we were watching last night, there was a resin guitar. Awesome. I think it's quite an old thing. I think it's been around for some time. And this whole gig was just beautiful. It was lovely. I don't know what else to say. I didn't even know where I was going when I said about the resin guitar. You said he'd ripped his shirt. Yeah. And he, he went up into the crowd. Oh, that's a bit annoying that I've forgotten all of that. Anyway, it was lovely. And Sal and I had a great time. We're really pleased to be there. Oh yeah, the guy who ripped his shirt, I got it. <clears throat> this happens a lot in episodes, but I finally get back to the point. He started singing a Radiohead song while the lead singer, Joe, was having a break. Oh, stop. That's it, that's really quick. That was quick. Punk type of song, and punk songs are very short and sharp, which I enjoy. And so the guitarist was singing a Radiohead song and then he sang a Nick Cave song, part of a Nick Cave song. Mm. And I wonder if it's because they know, they know that Nick Cave is going to be in Oxford in a couple of weeks. 
I hope so. But then they sang a Spice Girls song, mm. which was really, really odd. Did, I need, they, did they make it their own? Kind of, yeah. I mean, it was their own. It was them singing. It was really loud and guitar-y, which is guitar-y. I don't even that's a word. Rocky. Electric mm. guitar. Mm. I need a quick break. We During the gig, I went for a break, and when I went for a break, because our position was so good, we were right by the bar midway, the toilets were just behind us, with really bright blue neon signs that showed you where they were. And Salvador asked me, Waza, where are the toilets? And I, I pointed just behind him, and the smile on his face, because it was ideal, we were right there. And I walked to the toilets. And there was a person facing me, and it was one of the managers from Truck Store. And I recognize him because I've bought a few records from there, and he's helped me out a few times. And it was one of those moments when you recognize someone, and they recognize you, and you don't acknowledge it. Oh. Has that ever happened to you? Uh, I'm sure. Mm. It takes me a while to place people sometimes. Yeah, I think that's the thing, because when I saw him, I didn't recognize immediately where yeah, he was from. Yeah. And then by the time I remembered, I was walking past him. And then I wanted to say to him later, I was thinking, oh, I need to see him later and say, thanks for organizing all of this, because it was through Truck Store that this happened. And I'm sure there were tickets available through Ticketmaster and other outlets. But, but didn't they, did they say to you to buy through them? Oh no, I was listening I was listening to a podcast the other day and the lady she's a comedian and she's going on tour and she said buy my ticket buy the tickets from the theatre you're going to. Oh. Don't buy them through the big ticket handlers. Yeah. Because they'll get more money. Oh, okay. She, she's and she's she's famous mm. and she's good. And I really like listening to her stuff. And she, she said, go straight to the theatre, just phone the box office and buy through them. And that makes sense, doesn't yeah, it? Because yeah. if you're in the town, why don't you organise it through the box yeah. office? Yeah. Go straight there. And the O2 Academy in Oxford is close to where I work. And I would go down there and check the listings for what was on. Yeah. At the box office, there'd be a poster in the window. And I'd look at it there. Although I could look at it online, I mm. like going down and I've bought tickets for Dinosaur Junior from the box office and it feels so much more real when you're buying it from the venue. And I understand if you're going to travel to another place that that is far from you, that's not realistic. You, you, you look online, but it is so nice queuing yeah. up and buying a ticket from the box office. And yeah, this was the guy from Truck Records and I saw him great but I, I didn't see him again which was unfortunate so 
Maybe when you go in next, you might sing. And then I'll mention it. I'll say thank you for... You, you might know. enter your competition. Ah, but he's got loads of the CDs he could oh, buy yeah, from his yeah, shop. That's true. But there's nothing better than winning a copy. Just because he owns a shop doesn't mean he can have them for mm-hmm. free. No he's way. Okay, Idols as a band were formed in Bristol in 2019. And the next band I'm going to talk about is also a Bristol based band. And it's a band that I've always known about because of this album. And I'm opening the, the CD. What do you call it? A CD section now to get that ultra mono disc out, that idols disc out for the next one. And this Bristol band is called Massive Attack. Mm. And the album is called Mezzanine. And I'm looking at the cover now and it's a black and white image. There's a bug, the front part of the bug. What's that? The, The head thorax abdomen it's the head part with spiky bits and pieces it almost looks like a part-time prawn Mm. which is a common locust type creature in south africa but the part-time prawn is more red color and i think even though this is a black and white image i think this actual bug is black and it's got hooks and it looks pretty mean pretty prehistoric like an alien and I've always known this cover. It's it's imprinted in my brain, but I've never really known Massive Attack, which is weird. And it's one of those bands I thought I should know about because it's there. And um, I think it's famous. I think lots of people know it. And I should know it. It's It's from the 90s. This actual album is, let me see, 1998. So it's the, they call them an English trip-hop group. So it's trippy, hop, hip-hop, electronic, I don't know. It's a big mix-up of sound and it's actually really good. And the reason I'm including this one in the mixtape is because I recently went to Glasgow to see a friend. I've never been to Scotland before. And while I'm talking, I'm going to put that CD in there so it's ready to go. So that's the sound. Listen, it's in. Okay, and I went to Glasgow and I met up with a friend of mine. And it's so funny because whenever I'm with him and we meet other people and they say, how did you meet each other? He always says this line. He's like, Warren's my oldest friend. And then I get this big smile on my face because it's true. I'm his oldest friend. And then people say, well, how long have you known him? Since primary school. So primary school, five, six years old in South Africa. Is is he your oldest friend? Yes. Is he? Same. James might be around the same time, but I think Greg might be earlier. And it's, was Greg friends with James? Yes. Oh. And... I go see him and I'm so proud of him because he's done fantastically well. And my favorite story is telling people what he does. And he won't mind. He's an eye surgeon. Isn't that amazing? An eye and I... What does he specialize in? 
eyes. Ophthalmology. No, oh, eyelids. Yeah, yeah, listen to me. Eyelids. And I said to him when eyes. I when I <laughs> when I saw him in Glasgow, feet. feet. I thought, is that a trick question? When I saw him in Glasgow, he said to me, I said to him, Greg, I'm so proud of you. I can't say this enough. And I don't know if it's my place to be proud of him. I'm not his parent or anything, but yes, I'm nice. his maid. And I said, you know, being an ophthalmologist, a consultant ophthalmologist, you're like a brain surgeon. And he said, well, the eye is an extension of the brain. <gasps> That's and it is. Surgeon. And it is. He looks out, he looks out for me and I, I feel... What is the eye also? The eye? The eye is the window. To the world. Soul? To the soul. Do you think? Maybe. I should ask him to look into my eyes I and see he what he sees. sees. When he goes in, if he sees what's inside someone's mind. Maybe. <laughs> he's, not a, he's not a psychic healer or something. I think it's very scientific. I think it's very... Yeah, so we're going precise. A bit left yeah, we're going a bit off there, but <laughs> yeah, I'm really proud of Greg, and I feel really safe with him. I love hanging out with him, and I've never been to Scotland, and he settled there, and I went and visited him, and we went off to a lock called Lock Ard, not hard Ard. You know, some people say I'm I'm feeling really Ard. I'm Ard. Well Ard. Well Ard, but it's. A-R-D, Lockhart. It's about an hour from Glasgow, where he lives. And we went there with a disposable barbecue and some burgers and some bread rolls, obviously, a few tomatoes, swimming trunks, and not much else. And we hiked up into the highlands. I think it's the start of the highlands. And at some point we veered off the path and we were in some heavy scrubland area with lots of brambles, lots of pine trees. And at one point, Greg put a shawl over him. What's, a sh what's that kakoi? What do those people wear? Like it's a wrap type of... Like, oh... I don't know. A wrap? Yeah. And he put it over him and he said, you might want to put a towel over you so we could bust through these pine needle forest area. Oh. Because it was really prickly. And I did that. And we got through and we eventually found a nice little clearing that was close to the shore of this lock. And we immediately got into our swimming trunks and went for a swim. And the water was freezing, but perfectly clear and beautiful and Greg said you could drink this water straight from the lake imagine swimming and then you feel thirsty you open your mouth and have a big glug of water did you drink it? I tasted a tiny bit I, I'm just not attuned to doing that it's quite risky although I said I trust Greg and I feel safe I, I didn't do it I, I tasted a little on my lips but it doesn't feel right right and the Interesting thing about this lock was it started off rocky on the shore and then got to about knee level of water and then it started getting muddy and the mud was very deep and if you stood on it your feet would sink really deep into the mud and it felt dangerous almost like quicksand 
And as a kid, I watched Western films where there was quicksand. I don't know how that happened in Westerns, but you'd see whole horses disappear and people disappear into quicksand. What? It's always been a fear of mine, quicksand. I don't know yeah, what it is. I don't like quicksand. Strange, isn't it? Yeah, I remember seeing it in the other thing. I don't know what. But it's, it's because the more you struggle, the more you go in. Yes, that's exactly it's it. Weird. And you've got to stay still. But how can you stay still when you feel you're sinking? Yeah. So that, that bit beyond the knee level of water started sinking and the water was freezing cold, although it was a lovely warm August day. And you had to launch yourself in and, and bend your knees and thrust forward, arms outstretched and go in. But that's hard when you're going into cold water. You've got to take the plunge and it's freezing. And we went in. Eventually, both of us did it. Greg did it first and then I did it after him. And then we had to adjust to that cold. And Greg said, oh, this is so cold. We need to get out. And then we swam a little and said, ah, this is actually okay. And then we floated out into this lock. It was beautiful, beautiful. And then you turn over onto your back and you paddle along. It, it was such a dream come true to be able to paddle in a lock in the highlands of Scotland in this pure, beautiful water. Such an amazing part of the world. So happy that I did that. And then Greg told me a story while we were paddling in the water about a sailing trip he was on with another mate of ours from school days. And they had a mini sailing boat, I think a two-man kind of little sailing thing where the mast is really long. It's about 20 feet high and the actual boat is quite small. So they capsize often. And him and this other mate were on this boat in a lake in South Africa and it capsized. But the mast went down into the water and embedded itself in the actual bottom of the lake and Greg swam down following the mast to try and pull it out and he got to the bottom and he started trying to pull but he realized that he couldn't get the leverage so he had to put his feet down underwater and try pull but then he put his feet down and started pulling and his feet started disappearing oh. and he started sinking oh. under the water and our conversation about the mud and the sinking sand and all that inspired that story. And I said, Greg, I, I can't listen to that. It's, it's my biggest nightmare. It's such a fear getting trapped underwater. Oh, no. It's horrid. And he had to stop. He couldn't. And he, he tried to release his legs and he panicked. But he, he got them loose and he managed to swim up. And I didn't allow him. To, well, I'm sad I didn't allow him to finish the story. I think he realized that he couldn't finish it because I was completely freaked out. I'm going to ask him again how he eventually got released from that quicksand, that sinking mud. Horrible. Mm, that is horrible. Mm. But we had the best time ever and we barbecued these burgers and we found a nice flat rock to put the disposable barbecue on so it wouldn't burn any of the ground and leave a horrible patch on the ground. And we had cherry tomatoes, which we sliced in half. No, we didn't slice them. We put them whole onto the grill. And the skin started splitting and they got really lovely and sweet. 
and we put those on the bun with the burger and also we had some lettuce which we picked up from Lidl which is that supermarket a bit like Aldi very similar but we got these lovely little sweetheart lettuce what are they called were they little ones the gem gem lettuce and we tore those off and it was it was a delicious meal anyway on our trip back we managed to find our way out of the the woods we got a little bit lost too and got back in the car and i was looking through greg's phone to see what we were going to choose to listen to and he had a good selection of music some of the stuff i didn't have and i saw massive attack mezzanine and i thought do you want to give this a go i don't really know it and when the song came on I had to double check if the CD was still in there. I oh, know I put it in there. It was. We listened to the whole, whole album, and the first track called "Angel" was blew my mind. It's got a lovely tick like sound and beautiful drums and bass. But then track three came on. It's called "Teardrop." I thought, I know Massive Attack. I know this stuff. And wait till you hear it. It is phenomenal. Track three. I'm clicking there. Play and record. Let's let's hear this. Listen, you'll know it. I was singing this the other day. Can you hear that beat? It's like a heartbeat. It will come. It will come. It's beautiful. Beautiful. 1998 mezzanine teardrop. Here we go. I mean, it's not only an amazing album cover, but every song in here is huge, huge. Listen to that. And I, I don't have the bass on this. Yeah, Elizabeth Fraser. It sounds very much like more cheaper, big calm. Yeah. Yeah, or Porter's Head. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all the same nineties trip hop. All those bands. I get the lyrics. Following the 
I'll let that carry on. Following the Idols gig, Salvador and I were cycling home and we were singing this because I remembered it from being with Greg. And I said, what is that song, Massive Attack? And we started singing and singing it down the high street and we got to Carfax, which is the center of town in Oxford. And Salvador was saying goodnight to everyone. This is that. <laughs> Stunning. I love that he's saying goodnight to everyone. Does he know these people? No, he doesn't know these people. Okay. He's saying goodnight to everyone, and people were waving and saying thank you. And I was singing, We built this city, and then someone said, On rock and roll. Like someone continued the singing. And then Salvador was saying goodnight to some taxi drivers. Teardrops in the fire. And then he crashed into the taxi. Which was unfortunate because he scratched the taxi and the taxi driver was not happy and we sorted it all out. They wanted Salvador to go over to a cash point and take money out straight away and I said no because we need to do this properly. Take photos of the damage, get a quote. You can't just take a guess at how much this is worth. But we were singing this really loud at certain parts on our bike ride and it was... It was so nice and so nice to like ask a friend, how does that song go? And then you give them a few lines, teardrop something, and then they continue it for you and you're both away and you've got it. And I looked this up, what the lyrics mean, and I know it's dodgy ground because the artist doesn't necessarily care really if people know what it means or not, as long as it's, you know, their performance, their creativity, it comes out. But apparently it's about dealing with loss. And the person who wrote the song, Elizabeth Fraser, and performed it, is talking about Jeff Buckley. Oh. And Jeff Buckley is another incredible artist. I might have to... I was about to say, is Jeff going to make it on the Well, I hope so. And it's about his death and Elizabeth Fraser not being afraid to speak about her feelings of death. Teardrop on a fire kind of dissolves and fades away. But a fantastic song. Love it so much. And now I can say I know Massive Attack and I know this iconic album, Mezzanine. And Mezzanin. I do. And I did think, didn't think I did. Yeah. And I think a lot of people do know it. That's the thing. And like I say, I chose this track, Teardrop, because it's just so beautiful to sing along. But also the first one, Angel, where there's this tick tick-tock and this heartbeat it really gets to your core and it's wonderful this is unprecedented but I'm going to take another break we've got two more songs and I can't wait because they are wonderful we've had two Bristol bands and the next one is going to be a band from Australia not ACDC We brave, we brave. I need to show you the picture of Greg with the shawl. 
what is it? A kukoi? I've not heard of that word. Oh, what is it? David Beckham used to wear them around his waist. Uh, sarong. Sarong, that's it. I, I need to show you the picture of Greg wearing his sarong over his shoulders, protecting himself from the pine needles. I've got that. I'll show it to you. And the next track is from an Australian band, as I said. And the band is called Silverchair. Whoa. You say whoa, and I mean it. This song is massive for me. I absolutely adore it. And it came out in 1995, the height of grunge. And then to hear an Australian band rather than a Seattle-based band perform in this grunge style was mesmerizing. This track is called Tomorrow and it's from an album called Frog Stomp. And the album has a, a beautiful picture of the front of a frog, the beautiful big eyes on the top, lovely shades of green. There's a light green and a dark green and you can see the mouth all the way across. It's a perfect front view of this frog. It says silver chair on the top and underneath the frog it says frog stomp. And you can imagine a frog doing their stomp, their walk. And what interested me the most about this band is that they were all 15 years old at the time. Can you believe it? No. Wait till you hear the song and you hear it. I mean, the lyrics aren't that complex and you can hear it is 15. Lead singer Daniel Johns, 15 years old, Chris Joanu on bass and Ben Gillies on drums. A three-piece, like Nirvana, this was from Australia. And this particular song, I just love the vocals and I could sing to it all day long. You're going to probably hear me sing a little bit to it while it's playing. I'm going to play it straight away so we can get right into it. It's track number two. One, two, play, play, re record. Let's go. Oh, you got that beautiful guitar sound and the drums come in. For Clark and it's two. Another album. Ooh, I 
tomorrow called Neon Ballroom and there was another one I can't remember what it was and they were the answer to the the whole grunge thing for me they kind of helped me make sense of it all from the other side of the world Freak Show Freak Show that's it I had Neon Ballroom it's not everything you had Neon Ballroom I did have Without it! You say that money isn't everything, but I'd like to see you live without it. And that, in their youth, they were able to get those ideas across. Uncomplicated. Mm. Hot drink! And then they talk about the water that's very hard to drink. It's kind of a big mix-up. Have, have you heard of... I mean, you, you had... I had Freak show, Neon Ballroom. Yeah, but that was 1999, so I don't think I, I didn't know them. Either. So I was 18. Uh, and then, they, so that would have been given to me by um, the same guy who led me. Smashing Pumpkins. Smashing Pumpkins, the guy I wash up at the hotel I was waiting. So Smashing Pumpkins, it was the. I've, I've got it here, melancholy and infinite sadness. Yeah. They go perfectly well together. So he just would bring music input. I think he was a bit um, upset by the lack of taste of music. Oh, but interesting. Melancholy and infinite sadness, which I'm holding up to now, which could have been a choice for tonight, yeah. is 1995 as well. Oh. Same year as, as Frogstorm. Yeah. What year was... So uh, Neil Borum was 99. Neon Ballroom 99. Freak Show must have been earlier than that. Freak Show. Let me tell you. 97, so in between. Ah! So 95, 97, 99. And the, the inside sleeve of the cover has got different coloured frogs for the different band members. The red frog, although they're always the green colour, I think they've used computers and coloured it differently, I don't know. Daniel Johns is the red one, Chris Journey the blue one, and Ben Gillies the orange one. And it's a classic grungy inlay. There's so many different little photos of, of the band on the inside. But I'm delighted to have this on CD. I'd love to have it on record, but I think the vinyl, well, the records cost a lot if you want to purchase one of these now. Great song, great band, love him, love him so much. Ben Gillies, there you go. I don't know what else to say about Silverchair, just that I'm glad it's on this mixtape. And always loved singing that song and when I listen back to the mixtape I'll be singing it really loud for you tonight final song son of a preacher man by Dusty Springfield and I haven't taken this off the album which is called Dusty in Memphis. It's a 1968 album. 
I've actually taken it off the 1994 soundtrack to Pulp Fiction. Exactly, Pulp Fiction. And I need to take the CD out. Frog Stomp is out. Oh, I could listen to that song again and again, but I'm going to get the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. And it is track number seven. It's a very short track, it's two minutes something. But here's another British band. So three of, I say band, British performer. Three of the four I've done tonight have been British and one has been Australian, which is very interesting, mm. I think, by have chance. Have you had Australian on before, your next tape? No. You haven't had Mike um, Hutchins or In Excess or anything? No, and that's, that's hopefully coming. Because there's an NXS album called Live Baby Live, which I love. And I'm probably going to... Nick Cave? Oh, yes! Yeah. Nick Cave, I did Ship Song. And the start of this season, I spoke about... The Anomaly. That's it. The Anomaly. And he's back. He's back in our thoughts. But that was Frog Stomp. This now is Dusty Springfield. And I didn't know Dusty Springfield was British because the song sounds properly American. Mm. Billy Ray was a preacher's son and his daddy would visit it, come along. Yeah? Yeah. And I read up about it and I found out that she's British, but the songwriters were John Hurley and Ronnie Wilkins and they were American. American songwriters and they they write the song so that's where that flavor comes from I only discovered Dusty Springfield when I heard the soundtrack for Pulp Fiction mm. and I think for a lot of people probably that was the case incredible film that was made in 1994 let's get to the song well, I forgot what track it was was it track seven yes track seven let's go to that and this will be the final one of this evening play record we'll get the volume right straight away that bluesy kind of cool and Tarantino makes wonderful soundtracks was the perfect film for that whole 90s grunge period and it captured some amazing songs like Son of a Breacher Man and Girl You'll Be a Woman Soon by Urge Overkill yeah. Flowers on the Wall uh, so many cool, cool songs and I think that's what Tarantino did or still does, even with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He picks such cool tunes that when you hear them, you think, I need to find out more about that artist because it, it just sounds wonderful. 
in his eyes. And Pulp Fiction makes me think of this podcast and sometimes the way I set it out. It's all the timings are back to front and I start with the end and it gets a little bit confused, but it all comes together. And Pulp Fiction was like that. Mm. It was a film where the opening scene was the end and then at the end of the film it got back to that. Um... I love 90s films, I love 90s music, and I think every single song tonight, I've got Son of a Preacher Man 94, Tomorrow 95, Teardrop 98, Except for Anxiety. There we go, that's the song finished. Two minutes 25, stop, and that's the mixtape, four tracks. The only song that isn't 90s is the Idols track from the start, which was our introduction, and wonderful experience of seeing live music in Oxford and I'm soon to see Nick Cave on the 14th of September which is really exciting and Idols sang some of a Nick Cave song hoping it was because of that but yeah Son of a Preacher Man lovely beautiful voice lovely to sing along to and great choice for a film soundtrack to go in there that's it, I'm paging through my little notebook and, and we're pretty much done. Except I haven't spoken about what happened before. And similar to Pulp Fiction, I'm going for the beginning at the end. Does that make sense? talk about where I was before I started recording and I was in a pub down the road called the Cross Keys and I've been there before in the second episode where I actually started the mixtape I spoke about the Cross Keys and this evening I sat in there doing some research and I noticed a few things that I felt would be really nice to share and one was these photos on the wall of cricket teams and it was all the town or the little village and there were three or four photos of the team I didn't see if the individuals had changed but I was looking at those photos and I thought wow that's so interesting that's a moment in time where all those people were in the same team and it will go down in history because in years to come those pictures are still up there and I think these were really old pictures to think at that moment those pictures were taken it was really relevant and people were there in that moment and being part of that team and the second the picture's done it's passed but you've got that team there and it looks so funny seeing everyone dressed in their cricket whites so their white trousers white shirts and posing for that photo and the umpire I think it's the umpire, cricket umpire, yeah, mm. is also in the photo. That was really interesting, a bit of a distraction. And the other thing I noticed was a floating coffee cup. And I don't know if you've ever seen this, but it's a design that makes it look like the cup is floating, hence the name. So it's floating and then the liquid's pouring down 
and it's splashing at the bottom, but the liquid is solid, yeah. and the cups up they there could. being suspended by the solid mm. liquid fountain, not waterfall, I suppose. Mm. I didn't see it turned on, so if they flicked a light on, it would probably light up, but it was a black cup. And it looked so cool. I liked it. Because you're kind of looking to see if there's a string holding the cup up or a piece of fishing gut or something. But it's not. It's being held up by the like flow. An illusion. That's it. And it made me think of those hamburger telephones. Did you ever see a hamburger telephone in the 80s? Only in films. Only in films. I was lucky enough to see one. Oh. All that kind of stuff, I think, was very reminiscent of the 80s. It's like the Sports Illustrated football phone. Yes. So you've got an American football that's yeah. actually a phone. I don't know why that coffee cup made me think of it, but it was really good. And the service in the lower bar, which is the bar I was in, was very slow. I wanted to only go in there for 20 minutes to look up a few facts, to clear my headspace. And the person who worked in the bar walked across between the upper bar and the lower bar and she looked down at me and then I thought oh good I've been seen because the upper bar was busier there was no one in the lower bar and she walked across and nothing came of it I thought oh someone would come down and serve me nothing and there's a bell just to the side and last time I was there there's a guy who rang the bell for me while I was waiting I, I'm not going to ring the bell I, I just can't I don't know how you feel about that when you go to a counter for service and there's a bell or something. Mm, yeah. I tend to wait. I don't. I feel a bit weird. Although there's a bell there, it's for ringing. I left it, and eventually someone came. I didn't wait that long, but I think I was forgotten about. It. And I wondered what that person must have thought. We made eye contact. She looked at me, and just carried on, and didn't come back to serve me. And then eventually someone came down and served me and I made my notes, drank my beer and I was so excited by this. I ran home down the little lane and popped out a couple of farts, oh. <laughs> which is rude, isn't it? But I thought, you know, it's not my fault. It's a you natural thing. Do, that, Warren. do you think so? In excitement. Just generally. Wow. <laughs> I'm blushing. <laughs> but I thought to myself, why not say it? Because everyone does it at some point. You can't deny it. You can't hide it. It happens. And I spoke to Shani a couple of days ago. We had a lovely phone call, Auntie Shani. And she's a she's a great fan of the podcast. She loves it. And she, she sends me a message every week. And we had a wonderful chat the other day on the phone. And she said, Warren, do you know what I like is that you say things that people wouldn't normally say. And we all feel that way, but you say it. Hmm. And I didn't realize that. So I was, I was very happy to hear that. And I thought, do you know what, I'll, I'll just say this. Got you a little excitement. Yeah, I had a couple of excitement farts and got back in. And do you ever get an excitement quiver? Yeah, do you? Like yeah, it's shutter, nice, isn't yeah. it? It's a really nice yeah. shadow. An excitement quiver mm. is a good one. It's really good. Um, so thank you, Shani, and thank you, Joe, for sitting there and listening as my audience. 
um, appreciate it. Thank you. I had a nice little chat and a wonderful mixtape preparation. The tape didn't finish and we're looking good. And it's time to go to bed. Good night. Thank you. Sleep well. We're winding back the time clock. We'll open up the strong box. What's in your shed? What's in your shed? Pictures and treasures and the books that we read. What's in your shed? What's in your shed?